Paul, Paul was like, let's get to the real. He's not trying to play with you. He's not trying to wax eloquence. He's trying to get to the real heart of the matter. And so they had got to a point that there were divisions among the Corinthian church. Now that easily can happen in today's church, right? What the chameleon is supposed to represent is a unity, a unified body. Many times we will argue about things that Satan wants us to argue about because he ain't about God's business. He wants you to argue about the carpet. Now how does the carpet glorify God? But we're going to argue about it. I wanted a blue carpet. I wanted a black carpet. I wanted a red carpet. Now we all divisioned because we all be fighting about carpets. We at Victory could be divided about, well, I, I want to be on, in the gym. Well, I like the lobby. Then we argue and fight over the lobby in the gym. The truth of the matter is, what does it have to do about God's business? See, that's all it's about. Is it about God's business? And many times, this is what we do. We, we like that, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored stuff. And we get there. It's easy to throw out the Christian cliches. But that's how we bring this unity. Because we're not being authentic. We're not being real. We're doing all the things that Satan wants us to wax. And this is the other thing that Satan loves. He wants us not to be champions or victors. He wants you to be a victim. He wants you to scapegoat everybody. Because what's that going to do? It brings, again, disunity. But when you can come together, and just like Paul and Bartimaeus, understand, you're going to have times where it's all right. It's not an unchristian thing to disagree. Paul and Bartimaeus had an issue over Mark. They agreed to disagree. Barnabas, he was Paul's road dog. He rode with Paul. When no one else stood with Paul, Barnabas was there. And John Mark got a little scared on that first missionary journey. He said, Paul's going to be all right. Let's take him again. Paul said, no, because I'm by my business. Barnabas said, but Paul, when no one stood with you, it was me. I'm vouching for him. Paul stood, no. So they agreed to disagree. They agreed to disagree. They didn't sin. They didn't get ugly with one another. When you look at the end of Paul's life, he talks about John Mark. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There's, there's a point where we can agree to disagree. But what Satan wants you to do, he wants you to disagree and fall out. I ain't never going to talk to that person. I ain't going to text that person. I ain't going to email Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm going to unfollow them like, I, like Kobe. Unfollow Dwight Howard. I don't follow you. You don't want to be a Laker? I don't follow you. That's what we get. And God is saying, that's not my business. That's Satan's business. And so he saw this, this unity. Now he even said, you know, it's kind of good because all that disunity that you have is going to show who's really about God's business. Because some folks are going to be so concerned about the gym in the, in the lobby, but there's going to be some folks worship, work, uh, focus on the worship. It's God in the building. Are we witnessing? Are we, are we testifying about the Lord? Are we, are we trying to get people baptized? Are we about God's business? It's going to be a remnant that's about the Lord's work. He said, that's, it's going to be all right. But we have to understand, we have to remember unity. And we have our team here. We got to understand unity. The next thing that, after you go from unity, you go into the purpose. 
What is the purpose of the communion? The purpose of the communion. And Shannon, you have your Bible open. Can uh, someone give Shannon a mic? I think there's a mic up here. There's a mic up here. Shannon, please read for us verse 23. Uh, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Read all the way to 26 for me. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in, remem in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament. In my blood, this do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this, eat this bread, and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Here, the purpose of the communion is a couple of things. The first thing, we are realizing what Christ did for us. This is why the communion is not taken, and, and we'll get to the third part, but this is one reason why the communion cannot be taken by people who don't believe in Christ. Because to take the communion is to signify that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And I believe that. And I know that. That his body was broken for me. That his blood was shed for me. This is why if somebody does not believe in Jesus Christ, they don't need to take the communion. And I don't get to that second part why. But that's that first part. How can I take something that I don't believe in? Now, the communion, it goes back. It goes back to, it's going to make a division. Right? Now, this is where the division is always going to happen. If you don't believe in Christ Jesus, we can talk about hell. Hell is a terrible place. The worst part about hell is what? Is it the fire? No. The worst part about hell is that God is not there. The truth is, you have not experienced a day that God has not been in your life. The truth is that this world has not experienced a day that God has not been in the lives of those who are saved and unsaved. Remember, he saved us when we were yet sinners. So the world has never experienced a day, a day without God in the building. But there will come a day, if you don't accept this Christ, that you're going to experience what it means to not have God there. And that, that's what makes hell the worst place. It's not the fire, because we have fire up here. And we can talk about how hot it is. And we can talk about the national teeth. Many of us grind our teeth that night anyway. The worst part about hell is that God is not there. It's not that Lucifer's there. It's that God is not there. And so... The first thing that we have to understand, the purpose, is that the purpose is to signify that Christ Jesus died for my sins, that his body was broken, that's the bread, and his blood was shed, that's the, the what we have now, grape juice, back then they had wine, not as strong, but they had wine. But those things were the representation of that. Now, there was another part, Shannon, read that 26 for me one more time. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Stand right there. Till he come. See, there comes a point that we have to understand that Jesus was taking the symbol of the Passover lamb 
Now let's go back in history. What was the Passover lamb? When the Israelites were trying to leave Egypt, God threw so many plagues at the Pharaoh. Sometimes he's like, yeah, I'm about to let y'all go. But it was that tenth plague they finally let him go. The firstborn son, uh, a firstborn of the cattle, the, the ant, whenever it was, the Pharaoh himself, the firstborn son was taken out. Now only those that had the blood of that, of that lamb over their doorpost survived that. Now as that happened, the Pharaoh said, y'all get up out of here. Y'all just please leave. What does that mean? When the death angel was coming, that lamb, that lamb that was sacrificed, that blood of Azor, saved those people. Well, Jesus Christ, there comes a death angel for us many times. There's a, there's a death angel trying to send us down to hell. But Jesus Christ, on that, on that rugged cross, died for our sins. He didn't die for his sins. He died for our sins. He died for us when we were in the crack house. He died for us when we were at the party. He died for us when we were drunk. He died for us when we were yelling and screaming at everybody. He died for us when we were lying. He died for us when we doubted God. He died for us. He said, I take it all on. I'll be your scapegoat. Now, you know what a real scapegoat is? You put all that on a scapegoat. Now, a scapegoat is supposed to leave town with all your mess. He said, I'm going to leave this cross and get in this tomb. And I'm going to leave it there in the tomb. But on the third day, I'm going to get up. See, on Friday, they tried to slay me. And I said, I willingly give my life. I don't fight these folks. I didn't cut nobody's ear. I didn't beat anybody down. I said, I give my life. I took the stripes. We had to take the stripes, right? Because by his stripes, we are healed. So he took the stripes on his back. He took the crown on his head. They called him the king of the Jews, but he's king of kings for us. And they put him on the rugged cross. They put him on that rugged cross and everybody jeered at him. Everybody who was supposed to be by his side. Peter who saw the miracle. Peter who walked on the water. Peter who, when he went into the water and started drowning, whose hand grabbed him. It wasn't John. It wasn't anybody else. It was Jesus Christ. Even Peter denied him. But Jesus said, I told you these things would happen. But I told you, as the temple gets torn down in three days, I'm going to get up in three days. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish, I'm going to be in the belly of the earth. But I'm going to get up with all power. So you got this Jesus that said, I take up all the sins of the world. That's why he got at one point, the Father is a holy God. Holy. He's holy. He's holy. And Jesus said, Father, why you forsake me? Because Jesus, could, God cannot be in that, in that, in that, in that, that, that area with that sin. How hurt had God had been that his son took on the sins of the world? But he knew this. He knew he was going to have to deal with it before he created Adam. Before his Holy Spirit ran across the water. Before he put air in the very lungs. Before he had the question, Adam, what are you doing? Before he had the question, Adam, who told you we're naked? Before he, before he talked to Adam and Adam gave him all the excuses. Adam tried to make Eve his scapegoat. And then Eve tried to make the servant her scapegoat. But he said, you know what? Don't worry about your scapegoats. Because my scapegoat, my son, huh? Satan, he, you're going to be kicked at the heel. Don't worry, because I got a true scapegoat that's going to redeem the entire world. But that's what the communion is for. This communion that we take signifies that. But this communion also signifies this, till he comes. See, I don't serve just a Jesus that got on rugged cross. 
I just don't serve a Jesus that got in the tomb. I just don't serve a Jesus that got up on the third day. I just don't serve a Jesus that went to his father on 40 days later and sits at the right hand. I'll come and I worship a Jesus that says, till he comes, he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for us. He's coming back till he comes. Now, when he comes, I don't got to take communion with y'all anymore. I don't have to get us our, our, our Welch grape juice. I can have that holy grape juice, that holy wine. I don't have to get out unleavened crackers out of Mardell's and, and Lifeway. I can have that good unleavened bread that Jesus Christ wants to give me because he's preparing something for us. So until he comes, he said, I want you to do this and remember some me. Now, you're going to have a talk at some churches, and I'm going to make it very plain. Well, we want to do Lord's Supper at night. Well, why? Well, we do Lord's Supper at night because it's supper. It's supper. Well, I understand that. But you do on a Sunday. The Lord's Supper was taken on Sunday by Jesus. So how you figure that out? Well, he got up on Sunday, but he had supper. See, you, that's, that's not biblical. When we got mixed stuff and try to do all that, that's not biblical, y'all. Throw that out. That's, that's human logic. His thing was, as often as you do it, that means he didn't mind you doing more, more than once a month. He didn't mind you doing it every day. But when you do it, remember me. When you do it, remember what I've done for you. When you do it, remember the goodness that I gave. Remember me. Remember me. So till he comes, till he comes. So that brings us from the purpose. So that's the purpose. But we got to get into a point we have to examine ourselves. And this is why I say that, first of all, he's talking to the Christian brothers. So if you're not a Christian, once again, this is why you should not take it. Why? Because he says, you will sin if you're not right with your own brother and sister. You will sin if you're not right with God. So if I'm going to sin and I'm a Christian, well, if I'm not a Christian, he's saying, I can't take this. But what he is trying to give me is a testimony of, of, of who he is. I'm hoping you see this. I hope you can see your brothers in, in Christ. I hope you can see this. And see this. That I did this for them, I did it for you too. But then he said, I want you to examine yourself. He's, because he's on to this Corinthian church. This Corinthian church, like many of our churches today, we want to make everything, you know, an issue. Now, they have some issues. Should we eat the meat on the, from the idol? Should we, uh, is it all right that I sleep with my mom? Things of that nature. They got some issues. I'm glad I don't have those issues. Praise the Lord. But he had got to the point saying, it would be better for you not to take this and get yourself right and come back than to take it and sin. Because understand, you are a representation of Christ. You represent Christ. So your brother who's not a Christian is seeing you, and they know your business. See, this is the other thing Paul getting at. He said, they know your business. They know you shacking. They, know, they saw you last night at the club. Yeah, they came in here with you. But they're going to see if you take that communion. How real is your Jesus? How serious is your relationship? How real is your relationship with Christ? Is it about you or is it about Christ? 
Is it about the cliches or is it about a realness and an intimacy with Christ Jesus? Are we going to fake the funk or are we going to walk the walk? It's easy to talk. I love the Lord. But it's hard to say you love the Lord when your money is short. It's hard to say you love the Lord when you got the diagnosis that you got cancer all through your body. It's hard to say you love the Lord when you've been calling mama and mama ain't been doing right. It's hard to say you love the Lord when your husband or, your, or, or the father of your children has not been supporting you. It's hard to say you love the Lord. But God is saying this. He said, I know it's hard, but understand this. I have my best interest for you. You may be going through a midnight hour, but I am here. I am here. I am here. You may feel like you're alone, but see, this is where the communion goes back to again. The unity. You are not alone. You have somebody here who cares about you. See, that's what the church house has to be about. We have our struggles and by human nature, we internalize it. But that's not Christ's nature. That's not Christian nature. The Christian nature, I should be able to go to my brother and he and my sister, they should uplift me in prayer. They should uplift me in my knees. It talks about the New Testament church that they share with one another and there was no one with need. Too many of our churches have people in need because we have built fortresses and monuments to ourselves, but we have no hospitals to our sick and need. We have no lighthouses to those who are lost and about to hit the rocks. And we have not become heroes. We have not become heroes because we are allowing ourselves to become victims. And God himself is saying this. The time is now to be a champion for Christ. See, we got to remember, lastly, we got to remember what Christ has done. Last week I told you to check his resume. But we got to remember what Christ has brought you from. Some of our mothers have said some of the worst things to us. But God said, I made you special. I knit you in your mother's womb. I knew you before your mother. I gave you grace through my death. If I live, you live. You got all these stumbling blocks against you. Remember me that if I overcome in the world, you have overcome. Remember me that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Remember that you may be weak and tired, but God said, I will renew your strength. You will mount out with wings as eagles. You will fly. Understand, I am God Almighty. I am Alpha and Omega. It don't matter what Satan tries to come up in here and try to do. If I look back at the remember me, I was told many times, don't launch out. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do it like this. You shouldn't do it like that. All along these 12 months, and even before that, starting a Bible study, we did a whole year of a Bible study. But you know what? It's all right. It's all right. You say, well, are you, I got people say, are you getting paid? No, but I've been blessed. My money has increased at the job that I didn't need to get paid at the church. So God took care of me. My wife's money increased at her job. I didn't have to worry about that. So, so then we had to worry about, well, where are we going to be? Because you know what? We don't do house churches too well. And it's getting a little crowded in here. And you know what God said? Remember me. I will give you a place rent-free where you can worship. You're going to have some ups and downs, but... 
Remember me. I'm taking care of you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to plant you in a harvest field. You might want to be on 635 and skill me. But I'm going to give you the practice here. And I might just leave you here because these people here been looking for a lighthouse. They've been looking for a hero church. They've been looking for a church that's about God's business and not about the world's business. That's not about trying to be an entertainment show place, but trying to be a hospital for God. This is our place to be. This is where our roots will be. This is where we will grow our grand tree because the harvest is plenty. And God said the laborers are few, but he keeps bringing in some laborers into Victory Baptist Church. So I don't know about you, but I remember this Christ Jesus. So it don't matter if it's a mess out there. God will take care of the mess. He will wave it away. He my custodian, my janitor, my healer. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. And just like Martin Luther King said, I've seen the mountaintop. Why? I've seen the promised land for victory. It is bountiful. So let us not be afraid of this period of time. We've been through one year, and we've been blessed. I remember Sister Sherry would sit out front, and she would be my amen corner. And she would say, amen, Pastor. Amen. I'm going to make one to shout and dance. And I'm a Baptist, not Baptist but I'm going to make one to shout and dance. But, and Sister Sherry, she left us our first passing. Our first passing also led to some of our first baptisms. Our first baptisms also led to our first members. Our first members, and you see how it just builds and builds? See, that's what God does. Our first prayer as a body was praying for two, this couple in the back. The womb was closed. And we prayed for one child. And God said, I double blessing. Year two, we got 40 souls underneath our building right now. God going to give us a double blessing. Y'all better get ready. And year two, and, and this is what I already know. This is what I already know. Satan got to get busy on us right now. He has to get busy. Because we've been about God's work, so he has to get busy. Don't worry about Satan. Because my God has a shelter. Don't worry about Satan. Because my God is an anchor in a raging sea. Don't worry about Satan. Just be focused on Christ Jesus. The storm is going to rage, and we are walking on faith. Tomorrow they can say, y'all can't come back here. But you know what we're going to do? We'll set up a tent and be on that parking lot. Don't worry. We're never going to leave Roswell home. Because we're going to be in the harvest field ready to bring in the harvest. So I'm proud to be the pastor of Victory Baptist Church. I'm proud of the dedication of his members. I'm proud of the dedication and the prayers that have happened. I know prayer works because I pray. I know prayer works because I see this church established. I know that prayer works. Because I've seen prayer in Beverly answer. I know that prayer works because Gabriel and Mitchell are here. I know that prayer works because I see a family change in Kendra. I know that prayer works. So I want unity. I want purpose. And I want us to always remember Christ Jesus said there is victory laying ahead of us. Let us just walk the path of victory. Amen. 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 Can somebody say hallelujah this morning? Can somebody just say it one more time? Yeah.